0: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circussports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and
1: welcome to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey, Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. How are we doing on this beautiful day?
2: Not too shabby, actually. Not too shabby. Shout out to uh, Kim Glass. Hope you're feeling a little bit better on That's right, day by day.
3: Yeah, doing great. Doing great. Happy to be here. I'm
4: doing well. Um... Glad to be back in the studio with you yesterday. Yeah. I said I was back with them for the first time in the week, but <laughs> you weren't here yesterday, so I'm glad that you're here. I am oh glad yeah, to be back. back. Yeah, you, you, know, know, am, back. you know,
1: flying back from Las Vegas. By the way, not a problem to fly back on a Monday, that Sunday. Uh, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So generally speaking, if I can fly back on Monday, I prefer it, drive back or fly back, although the flight's so easy. 45 minutes, wheels up, wheels down. So let's... Uh, Let's do that again soon. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, G.
2: The NBA Board of Governors is expected to approve the play-in tournament as a regular part of future league seasons. The NBA has been voting on the play-in's inclusion on a year-to-year basis for the 2020, 2021, and the 2021 2022 seasons, but the support exists ahead of Tuesday's ownership meeting at the summer league to turn the competition into a regular component of the league schedule. The board of governors is also expected to pass a competition into a regular component of the league. Sorry, I just repeated the uh, headline. Uh, The board of governors is also expected to pass a rule that penalizes the take foul on fast breaks with a free throw and possession of the ball for the offense. Another proposal would also shorten the regular season from 82 to 78 games guys what are your thoughts on these proposals
1: all right a lot to unpack here let's start with the first one i am not a big fan of the tournament and i'll tell you why because i have no history there's no you know in soccer they have these tournaments it it, like as a part of the schedule maybe at one point once i see it you know because here's the thing Change is weird in sports. I have grown to like the way things are. So with the play-in tournament, for example, I was not a proponent of that. I thought that they needed it during the pandemic. Fans loved it. It it does provide some uh, competition at the end of the season for teams that are not uh, playoff teams. So I have grown to appreciate the play-in tournament. Maybe I will appreciate this tournament that they're going to have, like at some point during the season, according to the reports, it'll be done around Christmas time. So what that'll effectively do, it'll allow fans to kind of care about these games, October, November, December, shortening the season. I've always been a fan of that. I think the season is too long, so I'm fine with that. The take foul, listen, people are still going to foul, but at least you know, if, if if you're gonna be fouling someone during a fast break, yes, give them a free throw, give them possession of the ball.
3: Yeah, you know, just to unpack that. I am actually a fan of the plan tournament. Um I feel like it it prioritizes and and makes it important to get a top seven or six seed rather. And then if you're the seven seed, then you just need to win one game. Same thing with the eight seed versus the nine seed. And also if the nine and 10 seeds are close, then it gives a shot like the new Orleans Pelicans to get into the playoffs. Now I'm not saying they deserve it being like 10 games under 500 and whatnot. I know that's an argument against that, but at the same time that makes all those regular seasons games that more important. Right. And we saw what happened with seeding too. And when, uh, you know, Boston didn't care about ducking Brooklyn. They wanted to play Brooklyn. They destroyed them, yeah. right? Like, there's not as much ducking opponents anymore. It's kind of just like, okay, we just want to get as many wins as possible in the season. I agree with you, Arash. I do think it needs to be shortened. I personally loved it before we were entering the bubble, like the 72-game season for the TV deals. I like that a lot. I like 72 games. I know it's, it might be shortened to 78 games. 82 is too long, you know, with load management. People aren't playing you know, people are going to get hurt. Uh, that's just what's going to happen. I know people, an argument against that is history, right? What happened? Uh, you, you know, 82 games. Like, Jordan played all 82 games one year and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah you know, but, like at the end of the day, like everything's subject to change with time. And right now, like the, the way the athletes take care of their bodies, you know, the strenuous activity that they're doing versus the old game. It's like, I think it should be 72 games. And finally with the take foul, thank gosh, years in the in the making. I mean, this is something that needed to be penalized years ago. It's just the worst thing in sports. It ruins fast breaks. It, or in basketball rather foul wise, it ruins fast breaks. People are going to be wide open and now it's penalized. Love to see it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, um Arash, I'm kinda like you in this ten in the sense that I'm like a traditionalist yeah. and that's why I'm on the fence with the play in tournament. Like I think I like it just because I like more competitive games. Um like I'll watch if there's a winner go home like in the nine ten game when the loser's gone, like I'll watch any two teams play yeah. a winner go home game in sports. Um so I think I think I'm a fan of it. I'm not positive. In terms of the take foul, Brandon nailed it. I mean it, it has to go. It slows down the game. I mean the guys are wide open on fast breaks and teams are just able to, you know, foul and slow the game. Down. No reason for that. In terms of shortening the season, I'm, I'm a fan of it if there's something in the CBA that incentivizes guys to play games. Because yeah. if it, there's less yeah. games and guys just sitting for load management purposes and it's le- even less time with these, these stars on the floor, I don't know how much I love it. But I think if they shorten the season, there's going to be something in the CBA where guys are either... Paid more if they're on the floor for a certain period of time, or penalized if they're not. I guess, I guess, in, I guess it's the same thing. Honestly, it's either more money or less money. But yeah, I, the take getting rid of the take foul is is the biggest win here, in my opinion, by far.
2: I don't agree with the take foul, but that's okay. Um, how often? My my question though for that is, how often did you guys play pickup when you were kids?
3: All the time, a lot.
2: Okay, how often? Do you, how how about <laughs> this? How often did you play in a? Hostile environment for pickup.
4: Almost okay. every time.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: Well,
2: okay, so I, I'm, I'm just saying, because that's obviously where that foul originates from. It originates from going and playing ball at the at the, your local park or whatever. It's going to play like the best of the best at the local park. I get where your head's at and I totally understand where the argument. Is. I'm just giving you kinda of devil's advocate here of
3: So you like to take foul?
2: I like to take foul it's because strategy think, but like Exactly. Like I think it's so that, you know, these guys don't get hurt, you know. They they don't get and yes, it slows the game down, but there's a lot of other things that slow the game down as well.
3: But so, I would, I would argue that with like, guy, more guys get hurt with the take foul because you can pull a knee, you can like grab somebody, and stuff. I mean, like, wh- can, what's going to happen? Someone's going to get hurt on a fast get, break dunk.
2: Here's the thing: you can get killed walking a doggy. So like, I don't, I think that like, <laughs> you can walk across the street and bam, you can get hit by a car. So like, I, I that wouldn't be that a good day for.
3: <laughs> no, it would not.
2: It would not. But I'm just saying, you can get foul. You can get hurt like, by not even being touched let yes, alone buy yes, that. Yes, yes, take know, so. foul,
3: I just, that's the first argument I've ever heard for the take foul. I think 99.9% of people <laughs> are against I've the just, take foul.
4: I've just seen the change that there's been overseas with the removal of it and then the way that they've, they've adopted it and it's just, I, I just like it that don't style. turn the ball over. no, no. So no, no, no You're incentivizing
3: it. turnovers I, with the take foul.
2: I also think you guys also grew up a little soft as well. So that might be another reason for this take foul. I mean, the take foul is soft. It's uh, soft. Yeah, but at, but at the same time, like they're they're trying to help. They're trying to help you out, aren't they? With the take foul, like as far they're as trying
3: to help their team out, I feel so like they the don't get a foul fast break dunk. Bails defenses out that are yeah, like it, or offenses well, yeah. that turn the ball over. It to me makes no sense. Like yeah. protect the ball. All
2: right. Well, I, that's that's my only argument for it. I, I agree it takes away from it does take away from the game, but I'm not 100% okay with them
1: completely getting rid of it and penalizing people for it. That's all. Um GA real, Yeah, so the play in tournament. I, I wanted to get your thoughts. Oh, I love the play in tournament. Cuz I remember when they first had it and we first started the show 2 years ago when they first had it and I said I don't get it. Now, I think I've grown to appreciate it. But at the beginning, I'm thinking, like, why do it, why, like, it, it's a one-game thing. But I, I really like, like, last year, not this past season, but the season before that, the Lakers-Warriors game. And people forget that. The Lakers beat the Warriors at a play-in-tournament game. And then a year later, we saw what happened. But, yeah. Yeah,
2: I mean, here's the thing. If you like March Madness, it's one and done. That's true. That's why that play-in-tournament is so exciting, right? You get that one and done. You, the season counts a lot more. With that one, with that play-in tournament, right? You have to actually, yeah.
1: you
2: know, you can't, you can't flop your season if you're on that, on that cusp or whatever. So I, I love the play-in tournament. I think it's great. I think it's great for competition. I think it's great for the, the sport. I, I love the fact that they're trying to um, cut the regular season as well. I'm very okay with that as well. I wish it was 72, not 78, yeah. like Brandon said. I'm 100% all for that. I think it's way too long yeah. for the consumer. However, this is another. NBA kind of getting soft and not allowing these like 82 games and the toughening and that's where
3: Jake brings up incentivizing playing the games in the CBA needs to be you know adjusted
2: no I I 100% agree with you on that one Um, but yeah as far as the playing tournament I love it
1: and and the thing is so far now like over the past 20 years we've had a 50 game season we've had a 60 game or 62 game season we've so we've had these weird years so like like i I get it would be weird for for people to have a shortened season it's not gonna be a lot shorter but just a little bit shorter where like 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 these games count yeah because at the beginning of the season unless you're a hoop fan most of these people don't care until christmas this is like okay like let's shorten this season we don't have to play so many games
2: absolutely i mean (laughs) for the casual fan god they get bored real quick right oh, like, yeah. You know, I mean obviously we're not the casual fan you're not talking to us so like the more games the merrier that's great whatever but for the casual fan if you want that money rolling in Shorten the season just a little because I
1: misheard Your question Because I think Another thing that they're Going to be talking about Is the tournament During the season
3: And I don't know what I heck... disagree with that completely. Okay.
1: Because I think The league is saying Okay these games From the beginning of the year Like let's just say Like October or something Till around Christmas No one cares So let's have like a some kind of a tournament. I don't know what that even looks no, like. Yeah, no, I don't but think
2: that's Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't Jake, see.
3: I don't know. I yeah. mean, Adam Silver's going to, what, turn the NBA into a Mickey Mouse league? I mean, come on. <laughs> why would you have a tournament midseason? No one cares. And then yeah. like the WCF and ECF finals MVPs, you know, in both conferences, you don't want to give more arguments for for stuff that, quite frankly, does not matter. Yeah. The reason why the NBA is a good product right now is because... You wait all year for the finals, right? You wait all year for the Super Bowl. There's no NFL, like, oh, like, let's go Niners rate, like a four-team tournament in each each division, right? No. Or something like that. Like, yeah, I, don't,
4: I also... You know what I mean?
3: I wonder how, like, a mid-season tournament,
4: will that, like, devalue an NBA championship? I don't like, think so. What, I think they're does... going to
1: compare it to soccer, where they have the, the Premier League championship, Champions League, which is obviously something else, and then,
4: like, the... You like know, it's
1: like different conference.
4: It's different. Yeah, so I like soccer's not Soccer's not my thing. I know I feel <laughs> you. What right? are they just gonna they're gonna throw champagne at a midseason? I'll watch it. I just don't like, understand all the different leagues and it'll be like when the Timberwolves won the uh
1: playing tournament game. <laughs> <laughs> pop the champagne! We're the eighth seed. Oh,
2: oh no. ouch. Well, popping champagne for this next headline. Arash, your tweet made the <laughs> news yesterday. Your tweet that um, <laughs> you would love to see the WNBA All-Star game regularly played in Las Vegas during the first week of the NBA Summer League. The WNBA All-Star game would take center stage the first Saturday or Sunday with NBA All-Stars, rookies and execs courtside supporting their favorite players. LeBron James retweeted you and said such a great idea. My girl Sabrina Ionescu also chimed in and tweeted at you. I like this take. Do you guys think this it could happen?
1: I think so. Listen, listen, I did not think that my tweet would pick up that kind of steam. But then again, when you have LeBron James saying that's a great idea and Sabrina saying she likes that take, here's the thing. I am a big fan of the WNBA. We are going, the majority of us are going to go to the game tonight to support the Sparks. Um, I'll tell you what, this year's game, Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning. Ridiculous. I mean, no one's watching hoops at 10 a.m. I went to the game of the year before that in Las Vegas. It was Wednesday at 4 p.m. I mean, these times... Time slots are absolutely ridiculous. If they had the game in Vegas during during the summer league, LeBron would be courtside. Kyrie, Russell, like, I mean, I, I think... And by the way, the players like that. There's this feeling of they don't need that. It's not about need. They appreciate game. They they appreciate that, like, LeBron's their courtside. They're fans of LeBron, and LeBron is fans of, of them, too. So uh, we'll see if it happens. I think it makes a ton of sense. But, yeah, listen, I was... Um, at the Soho House with a friend and I got a like a notification on my phone it was King James, first time quote tweeting me, very happy about that. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, yeah Rosh,
3: the man himself, the legend. Are we even allowed to be in this room right now with such such greatness?
2: I mean, I love the support that he that he definitely gives to those women because without yeah. without that we wouldn't even be having, you know, this conversation I mean, really, y- right? You could
3: argue LeBron's voice means more than Joe Biden, you know. Well, oh, I 100 But listen When Kobe Absolutely.
2: went
1: to games yeah. I mean, The players appreciated that so much And so I, I yeah. think if they can Have an event Where both leagues Get together It's not a one-off It's not like LeBron Choosing to go to one game one night a year again make it a primetime game yeah. where the stars
3: support the stars it's like the nba all-star game exactly. i mean people like really love watching that game there's yeah, the no defense yeah. it's more about like the whole show and like the people there and the slam dunk contest which has now been just devalued by all the sorry like i wouldn't say bums cuz they're better at me than basketball but all the people that like are like bench players playing in the dunk contest well but. and
2: there's there's also um, I don't know if you've ever seen these before like um, guys that are professional dunkers are yeah. way
3: better than yeah them. why don't they have them in the freaking dunk contest instead of Derek Jones Jr. who can't yeah. play more than eight minutes on the bowls you know what I'm saying like no offense to Derek Jones Jr. again better basketball player than me but again I, I agree with you Arash this is this is a great idea I hope hopefully they do that and right now the WNBA has no shortage of talent this might be the oh, most yeah. talented the league's been possibly ever, definitely yeah. in recent years, just top just, to bottom. And
2: it's just going to get better with Paigey Buckets finally yeah. being able to get drafted maybe Buker's in a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's great. And uh, she, yeah, yeah. yeah. transcendent player. Also, player. the one
3: thing I'll add, though, is we talked about this yesterday. Remember with the, the t- trophy they gave oh my to God. Kelsey Plum? It looked that. like a participation trophy and that I get at like a junior varsity banquet. <laughs> her
1: teammates gave her grief for it and it's not her fault. And by the way, I'm, I'm sure it's a. it costs a lot of money and maybe silver. I have no idea, but... It, it's like it just the
4: the perception, the optics are so bad. I mean, it looks like this coffee cup I'm holding right here. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this plan that you've laid out makes all the sense in the world. I think if there's also any league that's gonna take take note from you know LeBron and their players to kind of grow the game, it's the WNBA. 100%. I think. Hundred percent. And you, we've seen it, like you said, with this camaraderie that exists with this, these NBA stars and the yeah. WNBA. Like last year in Phoenix, when the Phoenix Mercury were making their playoff run, all of the Phoenix Suns were courtside in yeah. every game. And it was great to see. Um, and I think if this is in Vegas, while all these guys are already there, they're going to eat it up. They're going to love it. And it's yeah. going to draw fans. It's going to, you know, you put it at prime time opposed to 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, I think it would make all the difference in the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of prime time, this year's home run derby and MLB all-star game at Dodger Stadium are on track to be the most expensive ever The cheapest ticket, guys, for the Derby is $185, and for the All-Star Game, it is $316. The most expensive ticket for the Derby is $3,741, and for the All-Star Game, it is $5,567. Would any of you pay to go... Um, either To either event And if so Which one Listen
1: uh, By the way If you're spending $3,000 on a Home run derby ticket I mean come on I, I don't know exactly but, but by the way The prime seat For the home run derby Is in the outfield Right You want to catch yeah. A baseball Um this is unfortunate, and here's why. They need to get younger. The sport of baseball, I mean, the, the the two gentlemen sitting across from us right now are two of the youngest true baseball fans I know. Guys, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, I know that you can't give these tickets away, but I mean, they're not getting... The hardcore fans or the fans who can afford I mean, the cheapest ticket for it to be over 100 for the Home Run Derby and
3: 300 for the game itself. It's crazy. No, I agree 100%. Um, to answer your question, no, I wouldn't pay for either. But I would much rather go to the Home Run Derby than the All-Star Game. In my opinion, I've, I've done that in the past. And I love the Home Run Derby way more than the All-Star Game. It's way more exciting. No offense to the All-Star Game. But, would yeah, you guys go
2: Would you guys Sorry to interrupt you But would you guys Go to the outside Festivities that they're doing Like the yoga And like all that other stuff like, Yeah that, like, oh, that stuff freezes. was yeah. That yeah.
3: stuff was cool When I went to Arizona In the All-Star game Years ago um, The Home Run Derby All-Star game I went to all of it The uh, yeah. Friday where they had All the festivities Where you like Meet people And the media stuff that's super cool. Kind of reminds me of summer league a little bit, you know, in the sense where you can like just see GMs, executives, you know, players, all that stuff, like connect, get more, like you know, have an intimate experience between the fans, the consumer, and the uh, the athlete. So I think that's cool. But I agree with the Ross here. Manfred doesn't know what he's doing. I've said that before. Everyone hates him. He's possibly the worst commissioner in in all of sports right now goodell has passed him you know goodell's getting better yeah you know what i'm saying so like manfred is just a joke it's he's not he, he, look you have guys like shohei otani you have guys like aaron judge you have guys like and it's not like you have guys like byron buxton i know a big argument is how are you going to get like the the black population to watch baseball more and it's like you got superstars yeah. that are black you have too lightning.
2: you have lightning in a bottle and you're not even
4: exactly it. No. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i think the thing is that every all-star Game, regardless of the sport, is for the fans. Yeah, and if you can't allow the fans to be there, to afford to be there, I, like what are you doing? Like I, I've been to, I've, I've never been to a home run derby. I went to the All Star game in San Francisco in 2007. I'm barely old. I was young enough to. I mean, I, don't I heard that right was a great All Star.
3: I'm speaking of the derby. Wasn't that Vlad that won that derby? I wasn't at the derby. Oh. I don't know.
4: We got there. I was just there for the game. So I've never been to a derby. So I've, if I had to pick one, probably the derby. But that's just because I've never been to an All Star game i mean to a derby i've been to an all-star game but i've always had that debate in my head of derby all-star game because i mean you get 50 of the best players in the game on one field like that just doesn't happen you're gonna see five guys with one cy young's on the mound in one night like it doesn't get better than that
1: But G.H., to your point I do hope fans take advantage Of the free activities They're going to be in downtown They're going to be in Santa Monica You can go We're, to the draft for free the, the draft, exactly So many activities There's a lot going on. on Down
4: by the convention center And, yeah. and yeah. all that stuff
1: So try to enjoy that Do not spend $3,000 On a <laughs> home run derby Take it, but listen if you, if you got it And you want to spend it God bless you But yeah, man, if you can a lot afford
2: of, it good, good luck, man Exactly and Power go to nice. you yeah.
1: Alright, let's leave it there for now When we come back We'll be joined by our good friend Dave Smith When we return right here On the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or want to win tickets to a future game in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 And in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, the sports god himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? You're the awesome crew. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Awesome, Dave. it's great to hear your voice. We are living the dream, Ed. Dave. We just got back from Las Vegas. We were there for the Summer League, the league voted today. They are going to make the play-in a permanent fixture. I guess it was like a two-year trial run. Uh, like I guess two questions, Dave. Your first thoughts when you heard about the pl- the play-in and have you lo- did, did you think that, that that this would be something that could work?
5: You know, at first, I didn't like it, you know, kind of being old-fashioned. I thought there was already too many teams in the playoffs for 16 out of 30 get in, Arash, but, you know, having looked at this the last couple of years, you know, the single elimination format and two extra teams getting in with the play-in, and uh, seven and eight aren't automatic seeds anymore, and they got to play their way in. I kind of like it after watching it the last couple of years. Uh, it keeps teams more in contention uh, the, the longer the year goes on, so, yeah. And I like the fact that the bottom feeders, the seven and eights, don't get an automatic uh, best the seven series in the first round. Yeah,
1: Dave. This um, the the summer league so far in Las Vegas. Have you watched it? I mean, I think it's been a
5: good yes. showcase so far. Absolutely, yes. And uh, you know, I said before the draft, um, I think that Jaden Ivey uh, with the Pistons is going to be the best player in this draft, and I would have taken him first. If I were the Orlando Magic, and I don't know if the Pistons had a great draft and did better than anybody, but you know, the, you know, Keegan uh, Keegan Murray's going to be pretty good for the uh, for the for the Sacramento Kings. But you, know, these guys are all going to be good players, LaRoch. But this kid is special. This kid reminds me of John Morant. This kid reminds me of some of the the great NBA point guards. I know that's putting a lot of pressure on him. I think this kid is going to be an absolutely
3: superstar NBA player. Yeah, Dave. Uh, great minds think alike, man. I've been saying for a year that Jay Ivey's yeah. the best player in the draft. I've made TikToks about it, and they're like, "How do you not have Paulo number one overall?" And I'm like, "Jay Ivey's the best player in the chat- draft. Chet's two, yep. and I don't even have Paulo in my top three. I like Paulo a lot. Like I have Jabari Smith and." You Know we can go into longer term prospects, Chad yeah. yeah. Chad, well, Chad Holmgren's too for me. I think he's an offensive superstar. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. If you're the Pistons right now, speaking of that, after Jaden Ivey's ankle injury, after putting up 11 points, two assists in like four minutes, some ridiculous like yeah. that, do you just yep. sit him out like what the Magic are doing with Paulo? That's kind of what I would do, right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. He wouldn't play anymore. He had 20 points in his first game, and like you said, 11 in five minutes, and getting them, I think he's proven what a force he's going to be, so why risk a further injury here? And the this Pistons team is going to be a problem in a couple of years. I think Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey can be the best backcourt in the NBA maybe in two years, and you add uh, you add Jalen Duren, who they took in the first yep. round as well in the lottery. Uh, what a, a seven-foot super off the charts athlete. He's only 18 years old. And, uh, you know, Sadiq Bey and uh, I I think Troy Weaver, the general manager who they plucked from Oklahoma City, who was the, the assistant GM to Sam Presti, who I love. He's doing some great things there
3: in Detroit. Yeah, and the only bad pick he made was Killian Hayes. You know who I said was Dante Exum 2.0 at the time, and he is—he sucks. They need to get rid of him. But everybody else, you're right. I mean, Detroit's going to be a force in the Eastern Conference yep. for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I wanted to ask you, Dave, about the Angels again. I always got to bring it up. Don't think maybe they've won one game since we last spoke when Otani was on the mound. Of course, two, maybe two. I can't even remember. Eleven and thirty-two. In their last what what is that forty three games, Jesus Christ! That is just the <laughs> worst record in the MLB, by the way, since May twenty fifth. How is this possible with the roster that is definitely? T- I know I told Jake it's a top f- top ten roster in the in the league, but top fifteen I think we can all agree upon, right? <laughs> they should at least, be, at least be at least be five hundred, right, Dave? What's going on here? What do we fix?
5: Well, I need to remind you guys again, and Arash knows all about this. I put the curse of the sports god <laughs> on the easels <laughs> in 2009, and they were 24 and 13. When I first started coming on with you guys, I think they were 24 and 13 and doing really well, and I recursed them on your show, and I said, well, watch what happens now. I, I guess they had, they don't know who they're messing with here, so I recursed And like you said, what, 11 and 32 cents, but... Yeah, and seriously, they, every year I look at their roster and say they should be a lot better than they are. And how how management there has survived without all getting fired by Artie Moreno, I know a lot of this is his fault as well. But from the president, the VP, everybody on down, how all of them haven't lost their jobs with all the money they've spent, and the lack of production on this team is unbelievable. I'm, it's so got to get out of there. And, and I said at the time when Mike Trout signed that huge contract, He made a huge mistake. He's going to be 31 now. As great as he is, he's wasted his career. He's playing in anonymity out here in Orange County. He should have never signed that extension.
4: Dave, the Dodgers, on the other hand, are 9-1 and one in their last 10 of one, you know, seven in a row. There's been a lot of talk about Clayton Kershaw potentially starting the All-Star game kind of as a nod to his historic career with the game being in L.A. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that that would be, a, a, you know, a nice thing or should it go to the guy who's, you know, statistically had the best year?
5: Uh, you know who cares? It's an exhibition game. It's a practice game. Well, why not? Why not start Kershaw in the All Star game since it's a home game for the Dodgers and they're playing at Dodgers game. Yeah, why not? He's only going gonna go an inning or two anyway. Um, yeah, well, I think it will be a good thing. And and by the way, Mr. Kershaw, he's got to get it done in the postseason, which he's never done in his career. This is a you know another decent regular season and an All Star game, but until he gets it done postseason, he's going to be the James Harden of Major League Baseball.
1: Dave, there's been a lot of talk. If if the if the struggles continue, do you trade Shohei Otani? Do you look for a, a a trade partner for Trout? Again, it sounds crazy to even think about trading a transcendent generational talent. But if 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 the struggles continue, at some point there are cheaper ways to be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah.
5: <laughs> if I were Shohei, I'd be looking for a way out. So, yeah. and I would convey that to the Angels, so maybe they'll have to deal. I think he's a free agent after next year, if I'm not mistaken. So they're gonna—he's uh, gonna have to try and find a way out. I would think the kind of the Babe Ruth of this generation. Uh, and as far as Stroud goes, let me ask you: Ross, as great as he is, and he's been the best player in Major League Baseball, and he has what 24 home runs right now and over 50 RBIs, but. He's sitting around 260. In the last yeah. couple of years, he's been injured a lot. Uh, and he's still hit, he's going on 31, and he's got 10 years left on that $430 million deal. Would he be an easy guy to trade right now, as great as he is? You're going to pick up 10 years and about over $300 million on him yeah. if you deal him. I mean
1: that—that's the problem there. I mean, I mean you—you you could. There will be a line of suitors that that I think that would want him. But here's the here's the problem with uh, Trout. For him, I think at some point in time you, you have to. The struggles of the team he gets to a player when he was what was he like? Go of sixteen or O of seventeen. And I think when you're like on a team that is going nowhere, yep. my, my view is if Trout got. Tr- Got traded to a contending team, he would he would just improve that m- much more. I mean, just, just I, mean, I, yeah. I
4: just think being on on a team that has no chance to win it, it gets to you. Yeah, I mean, Trout's done what he's done for however long with really no incentive for teams to pitch to him. Yeah, like he's not. There's there's been no protection in the lineup for however long. And Dave, tell me what you think about this. I think Otani's best route out of there is is if the angels just kind of they got to trade him this year i think i know because i think that trading him with a year of control left on his contract the angels have one of the worst farm systems in baseball um so you're not going to replenish you know the major league talent that way and you got to find a way to replenish the farm system and i think you get more back for him if you do it now and kind of eat your losses um with a year left on the deal um dave what do you think about that
5: well i agree with you although i don't know um how happy Shohei is living in Orange County. Maybe he wants to you know, play his whole career with the Angels. I I don't know if he wants out, but you would think if he has an ounce of competitive spirit in his body, the same with Mike Trout, they're going to want to try and find a way out and and try to get into the postseason and try to play games that mean something. So, yeah, I think if if Shohei convenes to the front office and to management that he's probably not going to resign, they're going to have to trade him right now. That's a good point. So I think he's going to have to make that clear to the front office. and. Well, poor Mike Prout. I, I, I still can't understand why he's – well, nobody's offering me $430 million. <laughs> I, I guess I can not understand it. And He's living in his mansion in Newport Beach and sitting out on his deck every night watching the sunset. But you think – I mean, he's a competitor. Is he a type A personality? Does he want to play in the postseason? Does he want to compete for world championships? Or, or is he just happy wasting his
4: career with the Angels? Dave, I'll tell you this one thing I know about Shohei Ohtani. When he was in high school, he wrote down a list of things he wanted to accomplish <laughs> for between the, te- uh, the time he was eighteen and forty-two. And by the time he was twenty-four, he wanted to throw a no-hitter and win twenty-five games. Um, wanted to do all these things, win two World Series by the age of thirty-two. Um, these are just things yep. that he wrote down. But like one thing, he wants to win. Like that's one thing I know about Ohtani. Yeah. He he's a generational talent. I don't think he's gonna. Just be okay sitting in Anaheim watching his you know career. Yeah. It's kind of what yeah. they, what's happened to Trout. Well,
5: what 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 is the scoreless streak up to now? Around thirty innings, right? It's, it's so, yeah, somewhere around
4: there. I'm not exactly sure what it is,
3: but it, it's getting up this, this, this
5: is, is gonna, this is another couple of shutouts. This is going to start to get interesting. Getting close to Oral Hyzer, right? Oh, yeah.
3: And Don Drysdale. Well, not only that, I think you know Otani. Look, this is this. I was going to ask you, Dave, because as bad as the Angels are, right? Otani's still hitting 260, 19 home runs, 55 RBIs, 12, 13 stolen bases, and he's going to have close to a two ERA soon on the mound. If it wasn't for that game at Yankee Stadium where he gave up six runs or that game in in, uh, Texas in May where he gave up five runs, his ERA would be the best in the MLB. I mean, this guy is just dominant every time he goes to the mound. It's so
5: so historic what he's doing with the power and the pitching. uh, Who who else can pitch a shutout exactly? 13 strikeouts? And the next day, have two home runs and eight
3: RBIs. Exactly.
5: Who, who else does that?
3: So my question for you is, does it set a bad precedent if you give Otani the MVP every year because you know no one else has ever done what he's done? And quite frankly, yeah, as bad as the Angels are, every time he's on the mound, he wins him a game. He has the highest war in the MLB, and that's because he pitches and yep. hits, obviously. Or do you kind of run with... Okay, let's 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 prioritize winning. Let's give Aaron Judge or Jordan Alvarez the MVP and give Otani maybe the Cy Young. What would you do in a situation like this? Because if you start giving him the MVP again this year, I mean, I mean, I know he deserves it, but he's the MVP every year yep. for the next ten years, right? I,
5: I think he is. Yeah, it's just like. Uh... You know the Michael Jordan, LeBron comparisons. They said they both won the MVP ten years in a row. Except, you know, the writers didn't wanted to break it up occasionally and would throw a bone to somebody else. But I mean, who's forty six home runs last year, and now uh, he's on pace to win fifteen games at least, pitching with an ERA around two in all the strikeouts. So th- this is kind of surpassing Babe Ruth what he did back in the day. This is like something we've never seen before. What he's performing on the field. So yeah, even though the Angels aren't any good and their upper management doesn't have a clue. I think you do have to give him the MVP as long as he keeps
3: this up. Who else is doing what he's doing? Exactly. That's my thing, right? As bad as the Angels are, every time he does well, they win, right? Every time he's on the mound, they win. Every time he doesn't. The only they win now, when he pitches. Exactly. And when he doesn't hit, they lose. Plain and simple. Right? Yeah,
4: um, I just may want to echo the Babe Ruth thing. If Babe Ruth played in today's MLB, I mean Babe Ruth was playing against guys who were plumbing and fixing toilets until three thirty in the afternoon, and Babe Ruth was a severe alcoholic. You know, if Babe Ruth. Like if Babe Ruth saw like a ninety mile an hour slider that these guys are throwing today, I he would to put the bat down and he would never it. walk back into the box. Like what Otani's doing. At at this level is insane. Like he is excelling in two areas of the game where guys dedicate years of their life in their career to trying to master one of them. And they also he's,
2: weren't making the money that they were making back then. Oh no, 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 not now. at all. I mean, it, it changes changes eminent in any league that you're going to, you know, that you're going to be seeing. For right? sure.
5: But well, I, I also think it. I also think it's unfair and kind of insulting to, to label the players back then plumbers and uh, a yeah. they, <laughs> yeah. were the, they were they were the best in the world back then, and we have some great. Of fame caliber players, but what you can say, I think, and the reason I think there should be an asterisk on every single major league record pre 1947 is the banning of the black players. Uh, You you could make a case, major league baseball wasn't even the best league around, the Negro leagues might have been superior to major league baseball back then. So, I think any record pre 1947 has to have an asterisk by it, yeah. Dave, your thoughts on
1: Tiger Woods? I mean, speaking of, uh, you know, not knowing what it's like to be given a four hundred million dollar contract, I think it's a little bit crazy. Yeah. Tiger was saying, "I don't get why these guys are going to the live tournament." Well, Tiger, they're they're, they're, they're getting they're, paid.
2: They're getting paid a hundred million dollars,
5: bro. <laughs> yeah. That explains it. You know, uh, do you blame any of these players for doing 125 million for Dustin Johnson, 125 for Deshambo, uh, uh, Mickelson probably got a similar deal as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can't blame any of these guys doing it and grabbing the money here. They get to spend more time at home with the families. It's only a three day tournament. There, there's no cuts. Uh, but whoever finishes last gets 120 grand. Winner gets $4 million. It, of course, guys are going to bolt and go over there. And uh, what, what, I'll ask maybe you know this better than me. Are PGA Tour players under contract and do they have to exclusively play for the PGA? Because I know uh, the the players and the Live Tour has filed a lawsuit now yeah. for the strain of trade against the PGA.
1: To my like, I don't think that they are, Dave. I, I think that yeah. they had the right to go and sign where they wanted to go. Yeah, and Yeah, so... I think
2: everybody's a free agent, Dave, as far as that's concerned. Well, they're, they're allowed
5: to play three tournaments a year outside the PGA, yeah. but for some reason they're not letting them do
4: live. Uh, live. Which makes no sense. Yeah,
2: no, I, I don't get it. And did you also see the... Um, the the transportation that they were oh, providing. I was going to say, did
4: anyone see their plane? It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. It, looks like a, it looks like a nightclub. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and that and that's just the main <laughs> one, like, not even the bo- the bottom of the <laughs> plane. Like, it's, it's phenomenal.
3: Hey, go get that they bag, right?
5: It reminds me of a wash in the VIP rooms in Vegas. <laughs> that's and right.
1: <laughs> but, Dave, you know, this is so, and we've talked about this before. I mean, you know, no, no one really wants to talk about, you know, China and, the nba but here's yes. like oh it's saudi back money and it's like you know like we could choose to focus on that with a variety of leagues not just live
5: well it is so hypocritical here for everybody in the sports media jumping on this and say well oh my god they're taking money from saudi arabia and they're people who have a terrible record of human rights and these same media people are off you know this yeah. total silence about the nba's relationship to china and now the Chinese Communist Party is, uh, has a genocide going against people of color right now in northwest China. They're using them as slave labor. Uh, there's, we know the tortures and the atrocities and the murders going on there. Not a peep out of the sports media about the NBA's connection to China. No criticism of the NBA players and the NBA ownership and the NBA television networks for the business they do in accepting blood money from China based on the back of slave labor.
4: Dave, one more thing I want to ask you about: Novak Djokovic just won his fourth straight Wimbledon, yes. his twenty-first Grand Slam overall, one behind Nadal, one ahead of Federer. Where does this, you know, rank him all time in terms of this generation and in just in terms of the sport of tennis?
5: Well, in my opinion, he's the greatest player of all time. I know he's won behind Rafa, but he would have won in Australia this year had he been allowed to play. I think he's won nine times there; he completely dominates that tournament. And to me, he's he's the best player I've ever seen. I've got him number one. And I agree with John McEnroe, by the way. It's ridiculous that he's not being allowed to play at the U.S. Open come September. I mean, this guy, he's had COVID twice, so he's got the antibodies and he's got the natural immunity. Uh, he's probably in better condition and better physical shape than any athlete in the world. But the odds of him spreading COVID to everybody there are almost zero. It's, a, it's, I, it's I think it is so unfair and ridiculous he's not going to be allowed to play. Let him play. Test him every day. If he tests positive, then throw him out. I, I don't understand banning him like this.
2: Yeah, Dave, I totally agree with you. Can he, by the way, though, be considered the best if he's not allowed to compete in these um, in these opens? Well, he will be by me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, again, he, I agree the, with you. He's the best player I've ever seen. Again, I agree with you. I think that he is the be- best tennis player of our generation at this current moment in time. I, I'm not yep. disagreeing with you whatsoever, but the fact that he's not able to play in these in these in these opens just because he doesn't want to get faxed. Is, I just think it's kind of ridiculous. In my opinion, I think it's ridiculous. Well,
3: also... Oh, absolutely it's ridiculous.
5: Yeah, I mean, we're letting... I mean, a million people have come into this country over the southern border this year who are not tested for COVID and are not vaccinated. And we're going to worry about one guy who's an yeah. elite athlete, not let him play in the U.S. Open. It's so hypocritical and ridiculous.
3: Yeah. Um, Dave, I wanted to ask you about Taylor Fritz. Is he the next great American tennis player?
5: Boy, it still looks like it, doesn't he? Uh, he? He, how close did he come to beating Novak? And what was it in the uh, semis yep. when yep. he took him to five sets, right down to the end? Yeah, this kid is the good too. This kid, is, I, I like the way he plays. So, yeah, he could be the future of American tennis. And man, do we need it? Uh, we need it. Is, yeah. Uh, how bad is tennis on the men's side these days? And with and with Serena and uh, and Venus retiring, we need somebody to step up on the women's side as well. Yeah, no, 100%.
1: Yeah. And so, Dave, like I mentioned, we just got back from Las Vegas. Last thing for you, we have to figure a way to make this happen for you to join us in yeah. Las Vegas. Canelo, Triple G, September. Yeah. We got to make this happen. I mean, those are always like the best shows, Dave. I mean, you, you don't know who's walking the hallways. It could be like Evander Holyfield or George Foreman or something like that. But so like put that, put yeah. that on your
5: calendar, Dave. We got to figure out a way to make that happen. Absolutely, uh, yeah. We we got to get there, Rush, and uh, well, we've had a lot of fun times in Vegas covering fights, and you know, as you and I both say, Arash, uh, there's nothing in any sport that compares to a big fight, a uh, fight week, and a fight night in Vegas. There's no rush, there's no feeling, there's no adrenaline, there's no uh, goosebumps. No other sport compares to a major Vegas fight.
1: 100%. And I've told people this. I said, don't care about the ticket to the fight. The fight might not be that good. The people watching, you will never have anything close to the people watching that you'll get. If you walk the strip of Vegas, the Saturday night of a big fight, I promise you, you won't regret it. So we're, we're going to plan on uh, doing that in September with you, Dave. Uh, that's all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash he's saying stay safe and stay healthy. This
0: is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier ten ninety ESPN radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency
5: chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to all. What was a friend now? A ghost in the door. Hard part about a
0: brother got smoke by a fiend, trying